living by faith. It's, this is not the definitive statement of living by faith. It's simply what I think, what I've sort of gleaned over the years. I was thinking about those songs we were singing, thinking, I remember when I first heard that, you know, it's like people talk about pop songs, they remember where they were when this was happening, and I think it's the same with worship songs, they think, oh, I remember that, I remember that. <laughs> anyway, there you go. Um, so we're going to have some points about living by faith, what I think it is, what I think it isn't. We'll encounter bicycles, fireworks, and a little bit of lycra. So there we go. This is the crucial verse. There's lots of verses about faith in the Bible and living by faith. And the one I felt was most appropriate today was this one. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So, excuse me a minute. I'm not hearing aid out. Um, okay, so first of all, is it for me? Because I think what we often think of when we think of living by faith is this. I don't know if you can see it. The tower, tower of strength machine. It's like we're only good enough if we can get to the top, that living by faith is for those who hit the bell at the top. That really most of us are down the bottom somewhere, or possibly midway. We're not actually really living by faith. We're not meant to be living by faith. That's for the super Christians who really are at the top level of their game. And I don't think it's like that. I think living by faith is much more fundamental. I think living by faith is not aiming for the heights. It's this. The humble bicycle chain. That's what faith is. It's something that's so fundamental to our life, you can't do without it. If you don't have a bicycle chain and a bicycle, you won't go anywhere. If your bicycle chain breaks, you'll fall off, usually. It's fundamental to what you're doing. It goes round and round and round in a very unexciting way. But it's, it's crucial to how we live. See, living day in and day out is based upon what you believe. Now, that isn't necessarily the same thing you say you believe. Okay? We'll come to that later. The first thing to point out is that living by faith is usually given in comparison to living by the law. The two are different, and it's very easy to live by the law, even as Christians. We don't intend to do it, but in some ways it's easier to actually think, well, if I do these things, I'll be okay. If I do this and do that, I'll be okay. And we look at it from the wrong perspective. Because if we just try and, if we sort of think, well, if I do that, I'm okay, and I won't do that, but I'll do this, we can compromise so easily. The heart's deceitful above all else, it says. The heart will sort of basically say, well, you can do that, but you're okay. You can do that little bit, and you're still okay because you haven't quite gone that far. And we'll compromise. And this little sin won't matter. That little bit won't matter. But it does, because are we living to be good, or are we living to love God? There's a distinction. What, is that, what are we actually doing? Are we simply trying to do to be good people, to be good Christians, or are we trying to live for God? And that, I think, is the root of what I'm trying to get at today. So I said, what do we believe? What we say may not necessarily be what we actually believe. How we live shows what we do believe. Okay? 
that make sense? And I'm just saying this is what I've expanded in my own life. I can say all the things about how I believe God's with me and how I believe that this is the right thing to do. But if I don't do it, it shows I'm not living up to what I'm, I say I'm believing in. So my belief system is somewhere else. I believe that it's better for me to tell a little lie than to trust God and tell the truth. I believe that my way of thinking is better than God's way of thinking. So I'm putting my trust in myself. I'm not trusting God. I'm not believing God. And so there's things that, 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 apply, that we find happening in our lives. There are sins that are hard to shake off. There is worry. There's just bad habits that we have. We find that we, we're living our life and we're being a bit mean. <coughs> or we're being proud. And it doesn't necessarily mean we're being arrogant, but we're proud because we think we're better, because we think we know better, because we think that something in us is superior to some, what somebody else is doing. And that sometimes we say there's family traits. We think, well, my father always had a bad temper, therefore I've inherited it. Well, where's the faith in that? What are you putting your trust in? I'm this sort of person, I'm that sort of person. Well, maybe. God's given you gifts and things, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're constructed by or confined by your previous understanding of life. We need to understand who we are and what Jesus has done for us. So look at this again. I have been crucified with Christ. Now crucified means crucified. It's not a difficult word to understand. It means you've been put on a cross to die by strangulation. So you've been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we've got to say, well, who is this Christ? Who is this Jesus? See, Christ is Jesus. So who is he? And we can all say who he is but let's just think about it for a minute. He's a son of God. The son of God is directly involved in your life now, this very minute. Whether you feel it or not, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you've actually decided that you're going to follow him, he is in your life right now, this minute. Whatever you feel. And he's the originator and the fulfiller of our faith. He says the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the one who actually gave you that initial desire, that initial thought, yes, I can trust in God. I can trust in what Jesus has done. He did that at the beginning. So he's the one who initiated the whole process. If you get to know Jesus, get to know him, get to know God. And he's committed to actually seeing that through to the end. So he's the originator and fulfiller. He's also the, what is called the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's basically saying... Whichever point of the spectrum you're on, I'm there. He <coughs> also going to say in the Bible that he radiates God's glory. He's not just this good chap. He actually radiates God's glory. The fullness of God is in him and fulfills everything. And that person's in us. He's in us. 
He sustains everything that exists. Everything you see around you is because of Jesus sustaining it. The sunrise in the morning, because Jesus allows it. Jesus is there sustaining everything. He created everything that exists. If you read Genesis, he was there. Read Genesis and then one, uh, John, first chapter of John, you get the concept that at the beginning, God created everything and Jesus was that part of God that created everything. And that person is living within us. He laid the foundations of the earth. When you're building a building, you put foundations in so it doesn't shake. The foundations of the earth are in Jesus. However corrupted it's become, the foundations are in Jesus. And he's living in us. And he's crowned with glory. He's crowned with glory and honour. He's crowned with glory and honour. And that's the Jesus. That's the Christ. The Christ that lives in me. That's who's living in me now. Today. In you. Today. See, Jesus did what he did because he wanted to bring God's kingdom into this world. He's there sustaining it, the foundation of it, but human beings have decided to walk a different path. And we see that every day. I mean, just hearing just recently about the number of um, schoolgirls who want to commit suicide, the, the desperation of people you see around you. You think, God, what's going on? And he wants, to, wants us to be the channel of bringing life to these people, bringing his kingdom in. I just, I just remind again the Lord's Prayer, how, how easy I, I skip over the first bit of the Lord's Prayer to the bit, forgive me my trespasses, you know. And yet the beginning of the Lord's Prayer is, let your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what God wants to do through us. So where are we now? First of all, we're rooted in Jesus. So he started the work in us, and he wants to fulfill it. And that's by faith. <coughs> We've been put to death by faith with Jesus. It affects everything we were before. Our upbringing, skill, abilities, habits, life choices, whatever. Family genetics, family traits, upbringing. I've said that already. Whatever, Jesus trumps it. You're playing a game of cards, if you play cards, if you've fallen Christians, but anyway, if you play cards, <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of simple things, not poker, I'm thinking of things like, like whist. Um, you, trumps, trumps it. You know, you can have, a, have a, a two of trumps and you can beat a king of the other suit. It trumps it. Whatever you were is trumped by Jesus. Stop limit, let's stop limiting ourselves to what we think we are. Let's start seeing who we really are in Jesus which is people who've been honoured by the very presence of God in our physical bodies. Let's start thinking, okay, I'm a bit different. Not that I'm a bit different, but I'm a bit different. I'm different. I'm not just a bit different, I'm totally different. I've, I've died. I've died to what I was. In the morning, when you get up, Jesus lives in you. Jesus lives in me. He's with me all through the day. I find it quite hard singing a song saying, Jesus, we want your presence, because I think, well, he should be here already, because he is. It's us who've moved away. He's saying, he's actually singing to us, I want your presence. He's saying, I want you to come and connect with me, because I'm here, and you're miles away, because you're too busy doing your own thing. 
So we have to trust every, each and every day, whatever we face, Jesus is with us. See, I think that's living by faith. He's with us in the middle of it. And it's not easy, but it's true. So I think living by faith is a bit like this. It's going to work. Okay? Sydney, fireworks. Not, not like Sydney, but it's like the fireworks. I just like the picture that I don't Picture of fireworks. And we think that's what faith is. We look for the miraculous event, the fantastic healing, person getting up out of the wheelchair, or you know, eyes being, people being saved, their, their eyes being um, healed, sorry, made blind being healed. Dramatic signs. We're looking for these things. We're looking for a special word from God, whether in the Bible or from someone to bring a prophecy. And I'm not knocking people. I'm saying this is where I've been at. This, I've been like this. I've thought, well, God, I want that. I want that sense of, of, of seeing that, then I can believe properly. Or seeing these amazing things happening through my hands so I can believe, so I can know you're at work. I want to see me laying hand on someone seeing these things happening. But it's not faith. There's faith involved in that, but it's not living by faith. What happens is, what, we, what I think is happening in that situation is, because we're not sustaining ourselves daily in God, we're looking for the amazing events to try and remind ourselves or reassure ourselves that God is still around. And they're still around for us. We haven't fallen off the program. We've not been fired. And the other thing is, I think sometimes we feel we need an emotional high to feel that God is there. And so we go after these things because it gives us a boost. So we go to endless Bible weeks or major teaching sessions, and they're good in moderation. But if you keep that as your life is going to these things all the time, then what really you're looking at is not God. You're looking for this, this sort of sense of something something else, this sense of emotional high to help you get through the next day but your life doesn't change and so you come back to normality and you think well that's a bit poor I'll go on another thing I'll go and do this other thing I'll do this other amazing exploit then I'll feel better about myself and the danger with that is we can end up living for that event we can end up living for the spiritual high and The danger with that is, if we don't get it in our daily life, we're going to start seeking seeking highs in other things which aren't of God. And I know what that's like, because we do it. Well, I do it. You seek highs in the wrong places. You get disappointed with God. God wants us to have a deep, satisfying friendship with him, each one of us. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Because if the kingdom of God's going to impact the world, it's got to impact our lives first. We've got to be people who've died to recognize we've died to what we were, and that we're now living a new life. And the whole point is living that new life. And that starts with us being able to connect with God and enjoy God day to day, each one of us. It's not the big event when we, we sort of make our, make our way through in, the, in, in between. We sort of think, oh, you know, I'll keep going to the next big event and then I'll, I'm okay. It's that day-to-day thing. Living by faith is day-to-day, like the bicycle chain. That's why it's there. See, I said that the, uh, the danger sometimes we have this pie-crust Christianity. 
go to a pub, you get a nice pie, and you think, oh, it's great, and this is great big fluffy crust on top, but it's been plonked on top of a bowl with something in it. It's not substantial, it's not fulfilling. And God says, I don't want the froth, I want the reality, I want to get the goodness underneath. I want to get this day-in, day-out goodness. I was thinking, going for the big event or going for the big thing is almost like going to watch a romantic move on your own rather than holding hands with your wife. Holding hands with your wife or husband, whatever you, you are, is more boring sometimes than these romantic movies which actually get your emotions going. They play. I'm, I'm terrible. I, I watch something. I cry like Billio. And it's ridiculous. I think I'm being manipulated here. But I am. I'm being manipulated. And it gives you sort of a... <sighs> but I've got, I'm got to live with Claire, my wife, and I've got to actually live with her day to day and that means more than the big emotional thing once, once in a blue moon when I'm watching a romantic movie. Do you know what I mean? And it's the same with God, but it's the same principle. It's got to be day-to-day. Day-to-day little things which actually build the friendship, build the relationship. I've got written down here, the world is crying out for real life, but I fear we are too busy trying to get ourselves sorted out and right with God. I think too often... Our Christian life is built around going back over sin, going back over dealing with things all the time, seeking God, saying, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll try better and better. And <coughs> your life goes by, and you suddenly get to this point, like I'm in my life, thinking, okay, what's all that all about? And I think, God, you know, I wish I'd done a bit more earlier. I wish I'd done a bit more before. Years ago, I was at my sister's wedding, and um, I talked to the best man who is an old friend of my brother-in-law, brother-in-law to be, brother-in-law he is now. And this chap was saying, he'd got married two years before, and, he was saying, and, he'd, and he'd lived with his, his partner for several years, about five years, I think. And uh, he was just telling me, he was so excited about being married. He said it was the best thing he did. He said, because beforehand, they were forever analysing their relationship. You know, where are we with the relationship? Where's it going? What's it all about? And once they got married, it was settled. And I thought, well, that's the same as what we are. We're so busy worrying about where, what's our relationship with God like? Is, you know, do I feel he's there? Is, he, is God with me? Am I living right? Everything else. That we've lost sight of it all. We're actually married. We're now joined with him. It's settled. Let's, let's, let's get that settled in our hearts and start living from the good of it. Let's get it rooted down in, deep down in here and start living in the good of it. I think living by faith is actually more like this. Not like that. Like this. It's not particularly exciting. The fireworks are much more exciting. But they're over in a, in a, in a second. Even the ones in Sydney, which may go on for, I think they've gone for about um, half an hour, each one is a few seconds long. It's great. It's fantastic. But people then go home and pick up the mess and the place is, is empty and there's nothing there. The light bulb just stays there and it shines in the morning. Um, when it's dark, I go down and put the lights on in the rooms I want to be in so I can see what I'm doing. They're much more useful than a, light, a firework. I could go in the firework, it would light it up for a flash and then I'd be in the dark again. Living by faith is more like this. It's more this consistent, useful light, consistent, useful experience. It, it, we're meant to be like the light bulb. We're meant to be shining day in and day out. 
not being exciting. Yes, there will be exciting things to come. Yes, we'll be able to do great things. Because Jesus said, you'll do more than I've done. Greater things will you do. Which is great. But they're not the end result. They are an outcome of living day by day. They will come if we do the, if they do the, the, ba- the hard work, the basics. Living day by day, knowing he's there. These things will follow, almost certainly. Well, I'm sure they will. They'll follow and we'll see amazing things happening. But they'll be happening because of how we're living. Not that we suddenly get this incredible sense of burst of faith and it flashes and then we go down again. But we're living day by day consistently and we'll see these things happening. And I want to see that. I want to see these things happening. But I don't want it to be without character, without us being whole people, without us being living day to day in God. Living a consistent life in God. I want it to be the outflow, the, if you like, the extra presence that are coming for us and for other people. <coughs> so, that, so living my faith is basically trusting Jesus day in, day out. The light bulb just draws electricity down and just does what it has to do as long as it's on. We are new creation. And when we take communion, so often we try... Well. Again, I've heard people preach this, and I've tried to do it. People say, oh, you've got to think back to the cross and think how bad you are and go back and think of the bloodshed. Yes, that's true. But it only makes sense if we realize that by doing that, we are now in a new life. We're not meant to stay in a permanent state of crucifixion. Do you see? Yes, we'll be forgiven. Yes, we need forgiven regularly, daily probably. But we're not meant to live in that that miserable state. We're meant to be living new life. Trusting that, oh, Jesus died for me. I recognize that uh, in communion. I recognize he died for me. I recognize his blood was shed for me. So I can have new life today. And I can live this new life today. And that's a memory we need to have of Jesus. Not just that he died, but he died to give us life. And the whole point about remembering him is the fact that this was an event which occurred, which now gives me life. And it's like reorientating our life each time when we have communion to say, oh, right, yeah, I've got this new life now because of what you did. Praise you, Jesus. I've got this new life now. We're new people. We're meant to build on what, what Jesus has done. Living as new people. So Paul says, therefore, as God's chosen people holy and dearly loved dearly loved each of us is dearly loved clothe yourselves with compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you had a grievance against someone probably got the Phrasing one, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has agreement against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So, we start off from the point that we're God's chosen people. So, we're trusting in with the fact we're chosen. We're trusting the fact that we are holy and dearly loved because of who Jesus is. Therefore, we can clothe ourselves with these things. And I thought, what does that mean? And, and taught Paul, another part, talks about putting on things. And I thought, well, how does that work? And I've come down to realizing it does mean practically 
Start doing the things you should be doing. Start being compassionate to people. You may not feel it, but start doing it. Do kind things to people. Humility, be humble. Don't always push yourself. You might always have the best view. Be gentle to people. Be patient with people. Bear with each other and forgive one another. They're practical things we can do. And these are living by faith because it's living out what we, we believe in. Like I said at the beginning, how we live our lives indicates what we believe in. So if we believe that we're meant to be godly people, we should be living these things. Does that make sense? So let's decide to be kind. Let's decide not to take offence. I mean, it's so easy. I get riled so easily. And I have to say, think, no, I'm not going to. Because I want you, Jesus, to see the best in somebody. To do good, do good to somebody. It's so easy to go, little, little word here, little word there. Oh, someone's like this, or someone's like that, or do like that, or do like this. Well, think the best of them. They might be wrong. They might be out of order. You might have perception on something which is right and discernment in things, but you don't need to go around telling everybody about it and seek to do good for people. If somebody really is out of order, then go and speak to them about it. Don't go spreading around everybody else. Give room for the views of others. And look at the fruit of the Spirit. Start working one aspect of it. You know, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. But don't be frightened, because in Ephesians we've got the armour of God, which says, put on these things. And I've heard, I know some people who sort of religiously put them on, you know, every morning they sort of think, well, pray this, this and this, which is fine. But what, he's, what Paul's really getting at is, you're protected. The truth of God, your, your fact that you are close to God, you've been chosen by God, you can trust in that. This breastplate of righteousness, God's given you that. You're dead to sin. You're dead in Jesus. You're dead to your old life. And now you're living a new life. You've got protected. So you're protected now. That's what it's all about. So start living in the protection that God's given you. Start thinking, I'm safe. I'm safe because God's put, put his arm around me. And faith isn't static. So we're trying to do these things and it will grow. Because the more we try, in God's grace, and he'll give us grace to do these things, the more these things will become part of our lives. We've got to try to live like Jesus. That's, that's not what I expect. Yeah, there we go. Because um, don't be deceived. God won't be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Now, um, whoever sows to please their flesh will the flesh reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, and the Spirit will reap, reap eternal life. Let not become weary in doing good, for at proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. So let's sow good things. It's easy to read this, that thinking, oh, I'm only going to reap destruction because I've actually sowed bad things. Okay, that may be the case. But let's start looking to say, well, how can I sow positively things now? How can I do good things? How can I sow kindness to that person and reap kindness? How can I sow goodness and reap goodness? Reap the goodness of God in the, in, in the world. 
trying to live like Jesus. Therefore, that God's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved, dearly loved, clothe themselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I'm going the wrong way. Bear with each other. Forgive one another. When you have a grievance, forgive. It's like the bike chain, going round and round. All those things, we're doing those things. Each one of the little links, maybe something we're trying to do. Be a bit kinder, a bit nicer, a bit more loving. And, we'll get, and as it goes, we'll get fast, we'll get bigger. We'll get, we'll, things will develop as we, we, as we start applying this to our lives. So with the analogy of the bike thing, these guys train and train and train to get faster and faster and faster. And it works, and they win, and they win gold medals. And the same thing with faith, as we ply ourselves, and we do it, as we keep doing it, we'll get better at it, we'll get faster at it. We might go further. This guy cycled around the world in 79 days. I mean, it's an astonishing achievement. I mean, it's amazing. Guinness Book of Records, that's, that's what Guinness Book of Records appointing him. 79 days, and he did that in, finished in September this year. Faster, further, higher. Look at that. I mean, I think it's an astonishing picture. This bloke going up on a bicycle, going from a mountain on a bicycle. Look at the distance. What is in the distance? I mean, that's amazing. And if it's an amazing analogy that we can just grow we can develop that faith isn't static. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We can do more and more and more of it. And living by faith is doing more and more of it. And if you want, you can even wear lycra. That's probably taking the you too far, but you can do that. <laughs> but this is what it is. It's a light bulb. Let's shine. Let's start shining. Let's consider ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's what it says in Romans 6, 11. Consider ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God. And it's not just dead to sin, but it's alive to God. And I think we focus on the negative, or I focus on the negative too much in my own life. But God says, focus on the, the positive, that you are to dead so you can live this new life. You are alive now. Hilda Ogden once said, the world's your lobster. We need to recognize, remember how much God loves us, each of us, each of us, we're dearly beloved. He really loves each of us. He's with each of us now, living in each of us now, whatever we feel. In whatever situation we're in, God is there with us. In the situations which are trying and hard, like Sue's illness, like Annie and Sheila's uh, um, injuries and, and difficulties, like the, the financial pressures people have, like the family pressures people have. God's in the middle of all these things. If, you're, if you've given your life to him, he's there with you in it. And he'll help you live your life in him. It's serious. This is what the Bible says. If it's not, if you don't believe it, then get into your Bible and read it. Because that's the only way we're going to actually find out what God's really like. That's what the purpose of the Bible is, is to, is to help us have something tangible we can go back to, to say, oh yeah, God's like that. He's true and he's real and he's with us. We need to spend time with him. And we can't just spend time with him on the big events every so often. We've got to spend time with him regularly, daily. Because if we don't do that, 
how are you going to build a relationship? How are you going to live by faith? We've got to know day by day that Jesus is with us, in us, in me, in you, every day. And when we come together, we've got a group of people who are really living in the good of the fact that they died and are now alive again in Jesus. So just to conclude, living by faith isn't for the super saints. It's not something which is so high that only a few can attain it. It's for all of us. It's the only way we can live day by day. It's the only way. It's got to be. And God loves us. Each one of us. And this we're talking now, the God who created everything, who's bigger than everything, who is most glorious, most perfect, most lovely being that ever existed or ever will exist. And he's given himself to us. And he says, I want you to step up and to start enjoying what I've given you. He wants to share in, what, in his kingdom life, in what it's like being God. He wants to share that life with others, to have something to give, because we're living this new life. So let's start the adventure today. So I just want to pray. Father, I pray you would help us all recognize that you're with us day in and day out, whether we feel it or not. I pray, Father, you'd help each of us draw close to you, get to know you, build a relationship with you. I pray, Father, you'd expand our understanding so we do grasp how deep and wide and long and high is the love of God that passes all understanding. Oh, Lord God, fill us, I pray, with your your grace and your love, but help us keep on this, this daily trusting in you in every situation, knowing that you're with us, you'll never leave us, and you'll always be helping us through whatever we face. Amen.